Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. When it comes to eating well, sometimes it feels like it's a guessing game. Even if something looks good for me, the label is usually full of mystery ingredients. Who's got time for that? Not me. That's why I love Daily Harvest. They say no to weird ingredients, fillers, seed oils, added sugars, and even gluten if that's something you avoid. So all I have to do is say yes to delicious, easy-to-prep options that never leave me wondering what's really in my food. They deliver delicious options such as smoothies, harvest bowls, soups, and my new favorite, their bites that are built on organic fruits and vegetables straight to my door. Thanks to Daily Harvest, I always have something convenient in my freezer, especially on a really busy day. Take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash ifstories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 208 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Deb Crosby. Deb lives near Ottawa, Canada, which is Canada's capital for those in America like me who are never quite sure of our Canadian geography. Sorry, Canada. And Deb is a nurse in the emergency department. Welcome, Deb. Thanks, Jen. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. You know, I like to start by asking, I'll just jump right to that. What brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I've been thinking about that question for a while because I know you're going to ask it. And like, I think that I'm going to just start with one little comment about when I was a kid. 
Okay. I never liked breakfast. I always felt better when I didn't eat breakfast, but it was like, oh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You have to eat breakfast. It was like, I don't want to eat breakfast, but I had to eat breakfast all the time. And then by 10 in the morning, I was starving when I was a kid. You know, I noticed the same thing as a kid. I I absolutely noticed the same thing. So it's true. It's funny. So, and then as an adult, whenever I had anything big that I needed to do in the morning, if I needed to, you know, do a bunch of heavy gardening or something like that, I always felt better if I didn't eat anything. And then I did the job and then I'd come back and then I ate. People thought I was crazy. Now I know why. However, so then fast forward, I was never really a heavy kid. I was kind of a curvy teenager and very athletic. And then I had my first child when I was 20 and everything changed. So I lived in a really small town in Saskatchewan and the doctor that I had believed that the more weight you gained, the better. So with pregnancy. Yeah. Wow. So, well, he was an old school doctor and I'm old too. So I'm 63. So that was a long time ago. Anyway. So he never said anything when I gained one month, I gained 10 pounds And they didn't say anything to me. So that pregnancy, I was 20 years old, I gained 63 pounds. And I was over 190 pounds when I delivered that baby. And then I left the hospital with him in maternity clothes. And the nurse said, oh, if you leave in maternity clothes, you're going to be back in a year. And I said, no, I'm not. But I was. (laughs) Now, what is that? If you leave in maternity clothes, you're going to be back. It's an old wives' tale, I guess. That's funny. I also left in maternity clothes, but I really don't know how you're not you not in maternity clothes when you leave because hello. Right? Or maybe your pajamas. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, actually one year and three weeks later, I was back. But I was panic stricken when I got pregnant that time because I thought, oh my gosh, I can't afford to gain another 60 pounds. I can't. So I was super careful and I only gained 23 pounds that pregnancy, but I never, ever, ever in the rest of my adult life got back down to that pre-pregnancy weight. But I mean, I was only 20 years old. I didn't think I would ever get there. And what was that pre-pregnancy weight? It was 130 pounds. Okay. And how tall are you? Five foot, two and a half. Okay. Yeah. It's an ongoing battle with my wife. I always say I'm five foot three and taller than her and she always says no. So anyway. Well, that half of an inch does, ma- does matter, right? It does, yeah. but really I will submit that she is one half inch taller She's than me. She's a little taller than yes. you. That's great. I love it. But you know, when you're five two, you know, 23 pounds, five, two and a half, sorry, five, two and a half. <laughs> Every every you know ten pounds feels different on a shorter body than it does when you're taller. You you can't you have nowhere to hide it in, in a smaller body, so it makes a difference. Well, thankfully, I was kind of always athletic and muscular, so I always weighed more than I than I looked like I weighed. So even when I was heavy, people didn't believe that I was over two hundred pounds or whatever, even though I I was, and my knees felt it. Being a nurse, every nurse I think that's overweight probably will need new knees at some point in her life. Um, There's a comedian from Australia that talks about that. She's really funny. She's a nurse too. But anyway, I do have knee problems. That is the only health problem I have. And I, I will eventually get new knees, but right now I don't. Anyway, so I got pregnant a third time. I had another child. And at that time, I think I probably weighed about 160. 70 pounds when I got pregnant with her. And that was three and a half years after 
the second child. So I was 25 when I had her and was uh, probably after I gave birth to her, it didn't take long to get back down to that 170. But like you said, at five foot two and a half, 170 pounds is still not great. So, and then from then on, I was 25. I had this ongoing battle with diets, trying all the diets. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And listening to your podcast and all the ones that you named, I'm like, oh, I did that one. I did that one. I did that one. Yeah, I did that one too. So, and I did try the drug, the Fen Fen. That was not good. Yeah, I didn't do the fin fin. I just did the one fin. Fentermine is the one that I did because by the time I was trying the drugs from my doctor, they were no longer combining them. Because I'm, you know, I'm a little younger than you. So the fin fin came around in, um, it was the 90s. I remember being at school, I was a teacher and being, being, you know, needing to lose a little weight. This is before I had children at all. So I was probably at most 150. I don't even know. But I wasn't wasn't you know heavy enough to to get diet pills at that point in my life. But p- other people were doing the fin fin, and I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. But I, I didn't do it. It was later when the fentermine came into my life, and that also wasn't good. No, neither of them were. <laughs> so I did the fin fin, but I only did it for a very very short period of time, thankfully. And it didn't I didn't cause any long term heart damage. No, that's good. No, no. I didn't like the way I felt when I took it. So I stopped. So, being a healthcare worker, I was like, mm, I don't feel very good. I don't think this is good for me. So I stopped. So good. That, it was good. It was not no, good for you. People had not. lasting heart damage yes, in that they combination. Did. Yeah. They lost weight like crazy, but their heart didn't work. So. Yeah. So uh, like everybody else's diet history, all the crazy diets up and down, you know, I'd lose a bit and then I'd gain it back and change and then I'd lose a bit more and gain it back and change. And that kind of just continued. And then at one point I've moved around a lot. My, my dad was in the military and my spouse's military. So I've moved quite a bit. So, but I lived in Canada's North up near Alaska, lived in the Yukon and worked up there. And I started the paleo diet. Okay. Like I just started eating paleo. It wasn't really, I didn't consider it a diet at that time. It was like a way of life. I'm just, I'm going to eat like this. The only thing was I love potatoes and I love bread. Yeah, me too. So I was like, <laughs> you know, I do. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do this, but, and I, and I did really well and I felt really good, but I, the thought of never having bread dipped in olive oil and balsamic vinegar or mashed potatoes in butter made me really sad. So I was like, I don't want to be sad about not having food. So then I moved again and I just started kind of eating, creeping in a little bit of potatoes, a little bit of bread, and then gradually just kind of, I just ate the way that I used to eat. and. And then I started to gain weight. But at that time, I thought, I'm not going to step on the scale. I don't need to step. I don't need to know. I love my body. I'm just going to just continue this way. Yo, that sounds so familiar. That is what I did. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You get to the point where you're so tired of fighting the battle and trying to restrict foods that you love. Like, if I had to think that I would never get another potato in my life or bread ever again, I would be so sad. They're some of the greatest pleasures of life, right? <laughs> but you get so weary, you're like, you know what? 
I just am going to love myself here at 200 and whatever pounds that I am, and I'm just going to enjoy life. But then the weight keeps going up and your knees keep telling you that that's really not as enjoyable overall. Right. That is exactly yeah. what happened. It was like, and my clothes got tighter, but I had kind of stretchy clothes. So yep. they get stretchier. <laughs> they do. <laughs> empire so, waist was my best friend. I had so many empire waist dresses because, you know, they sit right under your rib cage where that was my skinniest little part because I had a belly by that point. But I had my empire waist. And I'm like, look, here's no. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, for a number of years, I just kind of ate normally. And then as I got closer to turning 60, I thought, okay, I have to do something. But I didn't weigh myself. I decided to start working out. So I joined a CrossFit gym and I loved it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, loved CrossFit and found my knees were way better if I worked out. That was a a major kind of aha moment for me. It was like, okay, yeah, my knees hurt, but they hurt less when I'm strengthening. Yeah. 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 So I did CrossFit and I didn't pay attention to the weight and I just kept eating kind of normally. I'm pretty sure I lost some weight. My clothes felt a little bit different. But then my wife and I, she got posted. So we had to move. So we moved in 2019, August of 2019, we moved across the country to a place where I didn't know anybody. And the gym was further from town, but there was a gym on the base. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to join that gym and that'll be great, which I did. And you really didn't join it. You just went because being military, we just went. But anyway, so, but then three months after we moved there, she was deployed to the Middle East. So... There I was in this place in another province where I didn't know anybody. And then my wife was deployed and I was working in an emergency department at that time. It was lovely, but it was busy. Yeah. So this was fall of 2019. Fall of 2019. Yeah. So then, and my knees were bothering me because it wasn't working out as much as I used to. It wasn't as regular because I didn't, I didn't have any really really any accountability. When I was doing CrossFit, I had joined a gym and I paid money for it. So darn it, I was going to go. Right. (laughs) I did love it though. So, but I still had to drive quite a ways to get there. I had to drive like 30 minutes to get there and it was at 530 in the morning. So I was really dedicated and I am a morning activity person. Like I get up in the morning and I work out first thing. That's what I do. And then it's done. And I think that's just because I don't want to have to think about it for the rest of the day and can just go about my day. And I still do that. I have a gym in the basement in our house. So, and I work out every day. Oh, that's good. And you also, you work out, then you go get your shower. Exactly. And just do my, the rest of my day. So she left. I wasn't going to the gym as much. And at the beginning of March of 2020, two things happened. COVID happened. And well, I mean, COVID happened a little bit before that, but for, for us in central Canada, it's kind of, you know, that we started to think about that. That Us too. That, yeah. it, here, that was when it was kind of like, like before we were like, eh, you know, what is that? We don't know. But then all of a sudden March is when everything shut down. Yeah. So that's what happened. The gym that I went to shut down. COVID happened. I was working a night shift and got out of my car to go into work and slipped on the ice and injured my knee. 
So then suddenly I had to change jobs because I couldn't work in a busy emergency department anymore because my knee was too sore. So I got a job working in occupational health, which was a bit of a nightmare in itself with, with COVID. Oh, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was very, very busy. Thankfully, I worked with absolutely lovely people who I loved, and they were great, but I was working a desk job. Are you tired of feeling tired? Are you someone who hits snooze and then slams your head straight back on the pillow? Magnesium Breakthrough is an all-natural supplement that helps you sleep more peacefully and wake up feeling refreshed. Magnesium Breakthrough is the only magnesium supplement on the market that contains the optimal ratio of all seven essential types of magnesium. So if you want to feel more energized and get the best night's sleep you've had in forever, check out bioptimizers.com slash ifstories. In addition to the discount you get by using the promo code ifstories10, you can get free gifts with your purchase up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough and who does not love something free act fast this is a limited time offer go now to bioptimizers.com slash if stories and don't forget to use the promo code if stories 10 you'll be amazed at how much better you feel by taking magnesium breakthrough an epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with american express you breeze through the card member entrance Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. So suddenly I went from going to the gym and not working a very busy active job and then not now you're sedentary exactly with an injury yeah yeah and and my my wife was away and I didn't know anybody and I hadn't had an opportunity to get to know a lot of people not that it would have mattered because you couldn't see people anyway so suddenly I was completely isolated and I'm not really a person that that feels sad but often but I started to feel really sad and I started to think, oh, I, I don't know if I can do this. And there were days where I didn't want to get up in the morning if I was off and I didn't want to work out. I had a couple of things in the basement that we had unpacked. I have a lot of gym equipment, but but we went from a big house. We knew it was going to be a short posting. So we took, we took a a military house which is a lot smaller and we didn't unpack a lot of our things because there just wasn't room so my gym equipment stayed packed up there were only a couple things I took out so I really wasn't doing a lot so for a couple of months I kind of felt a bit sorry for myself and I ate a lot I think that a lot of people were going through that same struggle. Yours, you know, you're, you were alone, which was really hard. You know, if your wife had not been away, I think it would have felt very different. It still would have been stressful and scary, but you wouldn't have been alone. Yeah, correct. You know, yeah. but but that, I think a lot of people, you know, I've got some friends that are, are you know, single women, not married at all, no, no partner, but they really felt isolated and alone because they, you know, they weren't seeing anybody. And so it was very, very hard on on y'all. Yeah, it was a it was a completely different time than, of course, any of us had ever experienced before. 
So that went on probably from the beginning of March until maybe the end of April. And then I, I, I thought, okay, I picked myself up by my bootstraps. I got to do something. So I started riding my bike because by then the snow had gone and I was able to get out and ride my bike. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go out and ride my bike. So every morning before work, I would go out and I would ride my bike 10 kilometers. So I have no idea what that is in miles. No, idea. I don't know either. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> 10 kilometers. It would take me about. It sounds a lot. Yeah. Like it it, like a it, lot. Probably 25 minutes to do 10 kilometers. And then I would come home. And then I had an injury on my bike. Oh, no. I injured my ankle and I couldn't ride my bike. And I was just like, you know, I start to climb that mountain and then you fall down again. It was like, oh, what is going to happen now? So I, I couldn't, I had to walk with a cane. So I had an injured left knee and an injured right ankle. So that's a bit of a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now the next is like a cart. You'll be like on a oh, cart, right? My goodness. <laughs> it's coming. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> So that was, I injured myself probably around mid-June, I think. Yeah. And then I was starting to feel really sorry for myself again and eating like crazy again. And of course, COVID was still going on. Because that's how we, we're hardwired to handle stress. Our body is like, you are having a problem. You better store up some food, eat, eat, eat. And it makes your brain feel soothed. It's just a very normal stress reaction. Especially when it's the food that's really bad for you. Right. That it wasn't stuff Doritos really, though. It wasn't oh, Doritos. Well, was it the sweet stuff? Or are you more of a sweet no, stuff? No, there's the uh, cheesy that's only made in Canada called Hawkins and they're my favorite. They and are like that? hard cheesies. Mm, yeah. Like crackers? Uh, no, no. You know, like, uh, like cheesies, they're like, you put them in a bowl, you get like they're like chips, only they're like Cheetos. Che- yeah, like Cheetos. Okay. Yeah, okay. but they're not Seriously. like Cheetos. They're they're hard. Like Cheetos okay. melt in your mouth. Yeah. They're okay. like they're made out of corn. See, I would love those. Oh. I love crunchy, cheesy, oh. corny things. They I love Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, those are those are kind of my kryptonite. Yeah. Really. I get it. Mm-hmm. So I was eating a lot of those and feeling really sorry for myself. And my wife was supposed to come home mid-July, but her deployment extended. So she was extended another six weeks. So I was sad about that. So still sad about COVID. Sad that I had a test job. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is and just a perfect storm. your kids are how far away? Your kids are... Oh, my kids are on the all other over side the of Canada. Yeah, okay. they're they're all. I have one on one coast, one on the other coast, and then one in the north up by Alaska. But you were not near them at all. No, you're not near any of the kids. No, but I was by phone, two hours difference from all of them. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, we're still in contact. Everybody did the whole video chat thing, and still did those things. But but it was not like getting a warm body hug, right? Right. That right. makes all the difference. It does. Yeah. yeah. So I had the dog and the dog was never much of a snuggle dog with me. She was more my wife's dog. But when my wife left and was deployed, the dog decided that she really liked me and she was going to You'll snuggle. do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every we had this routine every day before I got up in the morning, she would come up and snuggle on the bed. She never slept on the bed. She wasn't allowed to. But And then at night when I went to bed to read, she would get up and just lay on the bed with me until I was ready to turn off the light. And as soon as she noticed that I was stirring, she'd be like, okay, that's bedtime. And off she would go. So there was another warm body in the house, which was lovely. Yeah. 
So Donna was coming home, supposed to come home the end of August. And on August 26th, 2020, I had a shower and because of my left knee injury, my right ankle injury, it was really hard and I was the heaviest I had ever been in my entire life. I didn't have any idea what that was at that time, but I knew I felt really bad and I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. I looked puffy and not good. So I had a shower and I, I had trouble getting out of the bathtub to okay. climb over and I was hanging on to it and I thought, oh my God, is this going to be my life? This can't be my life. I have to do something. So I stepped on the scale that day, August 26, 2020, and I weighed 236.6 pounds. And I, I was horrified. I'd never, ever been that heavy in my entire life. And I thought, okay, something has to give. So I started Googling. I don't even know what I Googled, but whatever I Googled, delay, don't deny came up. I love that. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> what is this delay? Don't deny. So I clicked on it and I read like the little blurb and I thought, this is some kind of magic sorcery, but I'm going to buy this book. <laughs> love it. And I did. I got the book and of course with Amazon, I got it like really very shortly thereafter. And I read the book, I think in one sitting and I was like, oh my God, this totally makes sense to me. Like all of the light bulbs went off in my head and I thought, I can do this. The only thing that I wasn't sure I could do was the coffee because I have always drank coffee with cream. Always. Even like when my, my wife doesn't drink coffee, but I said, if we ever go somewhere and they offer milk with coffee and you're making it, don't because it's got to be cream. If there's no cream, I don't want coffee. Anyway, so that was the one thing I was like, I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm going to see. So I thought, okay, I just won't drink coffee. Well, that lasted about a day and a half. Yeah, that was me. When <laughs> After I read the obesity code and realized that the stevia was not working for me, even though I thought it was, but it wasn't, and realized about, you know, the cephalic phase insulin response. And I was like, I will just, just not drink coffee. That was going to be my solution too. That did not last long either. Exactly. It was like, uh, <laughs> I have to have coffee. What am I going to do? So I had joined the Facebook group. So I just searched coffee in the Facebook group because I knew there was going to be lots of comments about the black coffee. And then I read somewhere that somebody said, if you put some of that, that pink Himalayan salt in your coffee when you brew it, that it takes away some of the bitterness. Exactly. So I was like, yep. okay, well, some, I have to do that because I can't live without coffee. It'd be like living without bread or potatoes. Right. Can't do that. <laughs> Anyway, so I tried the black coffee and it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't <laughs> horrible. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I can think about this. So I continued doing that every day. And by probably two weeks, it was fine. It was perfectly fine. And now. Our taste buds adjust. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And now I, I drink black coffee all the time. I did have. I thought in my window, it, I was, it was time. I was like, oh, I'm in my window right now. So I'm going to have coffee with cream. Oh, I couldn't drink it. Yeah. It was Isn't awful. that funny? So people who are listening, who don't believe us, I, we promise your taste buds will 
change. Absolutely. Now, I think anybody who doesn't like the smell of coffee, you know, they're probably not going to like coffee ever. But if you like the smell of coffee, if you're somebody who likes the smell of coffee, you can train your taste buds to love the black coffee because your taste buds really do change. Like literally, the taste buds you have today are not the same ones that you will have in a couple of weeks, they turn over. Exactly. Just like, it's amazing how much I like black coffee now. And I, I do this funny little coffee dance when I drink coffee. It's like, I take a sip of coffee and then I'm like, mm. Me too. It's, it's so good. Yeah. And I didn't think I would ever get my coffee dance back with the black coffee, but it came back. I love I'm my glad. coffee dance. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I love the black coffee, but so I, I did delay, don't deny. I read the book. I started drinking the black coffee and I started in immediately with 16.8. I was like, I'm going to do this because I never like to eat breakfast. So it's just so easy. Just hallelujah. Exactly. I found something that says it's okay not to eat breakfast. You don't have to eat breakfast because sometimes when I, I, one of the emergency departments that I worked at was a really busy trauma center. And I would have this giant breakfast before I went to work, and I'd feel so sick. But that you and had sluggish, to. Right? I bet. Yeah. I bet you were just so tired. Exactly. It was terrible. You needed like, a nap. But yeah. But when you're working in a trauma center, there's no time to nap. But I realize now that I would have been so much better if I just had not ever eaten breakfast. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I think about, you know, when I had Will at school with me before he um, finished, he was still in elementary school, so it was just me and Will, because Cal was already moved on to another school. So we would drive to school every day, and every now and then we would go out for a big breakfast. It was before I was fasting. And we he liked to go to IHOP. There was an IHOP not too far from the school. So not very often, but we would go and have IHOP before school. Those would be the worst days, because I had that big breakfast. Yeah, you'd feel rotten. I would feel awful. I mean, I don't know why I didn't make that connection. I mean, I guess I did, but I was like, well, but it was delicious, you know. I'd drink my hot milkshake and try to stay awake. <laughs> it's funny. Some of the things that you, you you have in your brain that you're, you're taught, right, from way back when. Like, you know, with my diet history, I have two daughters who I love so much. But just the thought of me constantly dieting when they're teenagers, and I just think, ugh. It's terrible. Like all they saw was like, oh, mom's on another diet. Mom's on doing this diet where she's taking food out of a bag and we're eating these, these things are, you know, it was just terrible. Yep. And you know, I, a lot of my diet history stemmed from watching my mother diet all those years and, you know, have body shame because she was a dancer. I've talked about this before, but you know, she, she has got, she's a pear shape. She's got the thighs, the, you know, the cellulite always did. That's how we're made. And just having her criticize her body taught me that's what we do. And I'm sure it was hard to be, you know, a dance teacher and not have the dancer's body that you you thought you're supposed to have, right? Right. But it's genetics. She was not couldn't change her body. Yeah. Well, the 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 image that you see in your head doesn't match the image you see in the mirror, and that just creates that difficulty. So, for sure. But you know, I think about it, and you know, I think about my my girls now, and everybody struggles. But I also see with my my nieces and my granddaughter and how the conversation has changed. 
and how when we see these, you know, these girls, we don't say, oh, you look like a princess or, you know, oh, we tr or try, I try, maybe, I mean, it's, it's, it's a conscious effort for me to work on that and change the conversation about not how they look. Exactly. That really is so important because you can get that identity of, oh, I'm so pretty and cute. And then that becomes your whole like identity of I must be pretty and cute. And and there's the struggle. Instead, we want to teach our girls to be strong. Strong and, and smart and yep. run like capable. Oh, yeah. Like you figured that out. Look at how great that is. You you know, it was a problem and you you figured it out. That's awesome. So it's it's just about changing the conversation. And it's so hard to do. Like it's especially like my age group. Because that's how we've always, it's, and even people that we see now, it's like, oh, you look great. You know, I try not to say that, but that's the go-to, right? But it's like, oh, it's so nice to see you. It's kind of what I'm trying to, to switch to that, right? Versus commenting on how someone looks. But it's, it's, it's just been ingrained in all of us for so long. But we all need to make a conscious effort to try. That's the thing. We do. You know, the book, the book I've taught, you've heard me talk about it before, I'm sure, Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. Really, I mean, I read it as an elementary teacher and, you know, it shaped the way I talk to children from that point on. And but it but it applies to so many other aspects of our lives, just like you said. You know, what we praise for children is what they they take on as their identity. So like instead of saying, You're so smart, instead, like you said. Tell them, you worked hard on that. Because smart is like a finite characteristic. And they can also start to feel that imposter syndrome when they struggle. They're like, oh, but I'm supposed to be smart. So now I have to like fake it. You know, but instead of, you know, praising them for the hard work that they put in. Like, wow, you really, that was challenging. And you, you pushed through the hard part. Because then they're more likely to do that again. It's important. Anyway, so we were 16-8 at the beginning. Yep, 16-8. And I did that, I want to say 16-8 for probably a couple of weeks. And it was super easy. I thought, wow, this is really easy. And I wasn't weighing at that time. I weighed that one day. And then I thought, okay, because there was lots of conversation about the scale. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to weigh. I'm just going to weigh once a month. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait once a month. So started in on August 26th and started 16.8, lasted a couple of weeks, went to 18.6. And I still felt pretty good with that. I was like, wow, this is pretty easy. And my wife got home on the 1st of September or the 31st of August. I can't remember the exact date. But she had to stay in another place for two weeks. So quarantine she, yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah, she was still on the base. So I still got to see her, but and we could chat from a distance, but uh, she didn't come home. So there was she didn't actually come home till I think the 14th of September or something. So by that time, I'd been doing it for uh, about three weeks, almost three weeks. And I felt better. I didn't notice any change really at all, but I felt better inside. So it was healing, obviously starting to heal the inside, which is all the things that I had read about, read on the Facebook group. And, you know, I'd asked a few questions and you won't know me off the Facebook group at all because my name is not the same. I'm totally incognito, 
people have no idea who I am. So yeah, <laughs> I don't want people to be able to find me on I Facebook. I get that. So yeah. I just have a different name. Like, yeah. Anyway, so I would ask questions and Roxy was amazing. Oh my gosh. She is amazing. I was just telling my husband that last night. We were getting ready for bed and I was talking about Roxy for some reason. I don't know. And I'm like, I love Roxy. Ah, She's just, she's so, she's just the most encouraging person. She is. And that was, you know, there were. She loves people. Yeah. I asked a couple of questions. I was like, maybe this, you know, I'm not sure about this question. And she was just so good at explaining the question. I don't remember what it is now, what it was, but, but she was amazing. And then I thought, oh this is really good. I can do this. So I, I was doing 16 or 18, six. And then Donna came home and we had talked about it. And I was actually a bit nervous to tell her when she was in the middle East, she started doing calories in calories out. Cause both of us needed to lose some weight and she was living in the desert and it was really hot. So <laughs> she was working out and she had lost probably about 20 pounds when she was there and she came home and she continued doing the calories in calories out. So mid September, she came home. I was doing the fasting 18, six. She was watching me kind of do what I do. And she would like calculate on her phone. She put in her phone every time she ate something she put in her phone. And I have never in my life. And I've tried keep track of everything. It lasts it's maybe a, a day. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I can't do this. I started playing games whenever I would do it. It would play games. And really, honestly, I probably, if I think back, might have been doing some fasting because I was like, (laughs) well, if I don't eat anything now, then I can eat more later. (laughs) So like, I can remember like doing doing the calories and talking to Chad and I'd be like, I've only had 400 calories so far today because then I could like have a bigger dinner, you know. It's funny, but I just don't want to do that. It's too much work. It was a lot of work. I don't want and to it was do constant that. stressful thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like, kind of like you with the Zoe study, right? And there was something that I was going to do, and but it required me to keep track of something for two weeks, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I, I, I like it sounds good in my brain, and I'm like, yeah, I could. Uh, this is really a good idea. And then the other little thing on my shoulder goes, yeah, it's not really a good idea. You're not ever going to do that, so don't pay that money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I won't do that. Then. <laughs> yeah, you could keep like with Zoe. I'm so glad I did it, and I would totally do it again. If, you know, but in fact, I would do it again to see what's changed in my gut. Maybe since then, that would be interesting. But you could keep the sensor for another week past where I kept it, and like keep track tracking your meals. I'm like, you know, I'm done with the tracking. Here, take your sensor back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it enough. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's really it's just really. Interesting how fasting works with your body, like just how it makes you feel. So Donna was watching me. She was doing her calories in, calories out. And come the end of September, I thought, okay, I'm going to weigh myself. I was like, all right. So I stepped in the scale and I'd lost like half a pound. And I was like, what is going on? I was so discouraged. That was your first month though, right? Uh, it it yeah. was. I was so yeah. discouraged. It was like, okay. But the Facebook group says, keep going. Trust the science. 
just keep going. So, and that is why I have in the 28 day fast start now, because, you know, I didn't, we didn't know everything we know that what I knew when I wrote Fast Feast Repeat. There hadn't been so many people that I'd, I'd watched go through it. But now we really understand why you don't lose weight that first month for some people. Some people drop a, a, a huge amount of like inflammation water weight, but some people don't. Yeah. I was surprised, but then, so I continued, continued. And then I think I, I probably went to 24, but it was never consistent. Like I always fasted at the minimum 18 hours, but then I kind of listened to my body. And if I was hungry, I would eat. And if I wasn't hungry, I didn't eat. Or if I was busy, I didn't worry about it. So it was, wasn't ever really, okay, it's 19.5 or it's going to be 24. It was like, it's kind of bounced around. Which, Changed it up from day to yeah. day, which is very much what I do. Yeah. yeah. And I just listen to how I feel. And I'll talk a little bit about food in a, in a few minutes about how I know if I eat certain food, I'm going to be hungry the next day. But anyway, so um, I did that. And then the end of October, I weighed again and I'd lost, I don't know, three pounds or something. I was like, well, I'm losing weight. I'm not gaining and I feel good. So I just continued. And then I thought, well, I was reading things on the Facebook group about people who weigh every day. And you talked about it, about weighing every day and, you know, how sometimes it's about the trend, right? And it was in delay, don't deny. And it's that trend. I was like, well, I don't want to weigh every day. But then I thought, okay, I'm going to weigh every day. So I started weighing every day and I got the um, Happy Scale app. Yep. And it was really amazing because it showed the trend. That powerful stuff. And, you know, some you can even, for people who don't want to see the number fluctuate every day, if you have a scale that syncs automatically, does your scale sync automatically? Yeah, I got a new scale, so yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. If you have a scale that syncs automatically, you can get on it without looking at the number. You just every morning get on it, don't even look at the number, get off of it, and then every now and then look at your trend. Mm. And then you don't get caught up in the, oh, it was up. Because, see, for me and all the diet brain still, which is why I don't weigh, if I got on the scale and the number was up, it would make my diet brain kick in. And I'd be like, well, today I need to diet. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was really interesting with the happy scale because it was like a sawtooth. Like it would go up and down, up and down, up and down. But the trend went down. So it made me think, well, you know, if, if I only weighed once a week or something and I weighed myself and it was an up day, I would feel really bad. So I just started, I started weighing every day. I kind of always had a toxic relationship with the scale. And I was like, okay, I have to let that go because it doesn't matter what the scale says. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to follow the signs. I'm going to just let things go. But I am a turtle. So for all the people out there, like I've lost about 42 pounds, which is nothing to sneeze at. And I feel amazing. But compared to some people, like it's been probably 18 months now. 42 pounds in 18 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I listened to Dr. Anna's podcast the other day. Dr. Anna Quebec. Yeah, she's so fantastic. Oh, she was amazing. She's got just a beautiful soul. Oh, well, there were dots that connected when I listened to that because I'm back working in an emergency department because since I started all this, we've moved back across the country again and I've got another job and I'm able to do that. My injuries are better and all of that. But I listened to the podcast with Dr. Anna and she talked about cortisol and the impact that it has on 
our weight and the ability to lose weight. And I thought, holy smoke, I've been working as a nurse, a healthcare provider during COVID, trying to lose weight, and I'm going really slow. And the dots connected. It was like, it's the cortisol. That's what the problem is. So now I don't feel so bad. You know, there's 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 always something going on in our bodies and and that we can't control. That's the thing that's so important. And you know, you can be really down on the fact that you're a turtle. Some people some people get really, really down on that. And they're like, well, I should be having better results. I should be losing more quickly. This isn't, quote, isn't working. But really, you can lose sight of the fact that, I mean, 42 pounds less on your knees, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That is working. Yeah, because every pound off your knees, every pound you lose takes four pounds off your knees. Yeah, I, I couldn't have told you that exact number, but I knew it was something dramatic like that because of the pressure that exactly. actually is on. Yeah, that's yeah, what my orthopedic exactly. surgeon said. So I was really quite impressed with that. So that's huge. Yeah, I've taken 160 pounds off my knees. So your <laughs> knees are feeling way better. My knees are very happy. Yeah, they're way better. I mean, it, it's it's going to be an ongoing issue, but way better than they were. Is your trend still going downward, but slowly still? It's still slow, but it's still going the right direction. There were some stalls. So when we were posted in the summer of 2021, we left where we lived in mid-June and then drove back across the country. And we had to buy a house during this crazy real estate market online. We never saw. That was super stressful. I'm sure that's horrible. Is that the house that's behind that's you? Because the, the stairs yeah. are beautiful. Yeah, I love your stairs. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful. That's my coffee maker right there. I, I knew that. I was I was zero. <laughs> I can find the coffee maker in any room. <laughs> anyway, so during that time when we were driving across, I stalled again. Because right. you're just eating terrible. Well, you're not eating the way you normally do. We're eating in restaurants and it was just really different. And then our, our furniture was delayed and we were in a hotel for way longer than we'd expected. I actually gained a little bit during that time. Not much, but I gained a little bit. And I was like, I didn't panic about it though, which was really, really good because I was like, no, Jin says that just get back to your normal way of eating and it's going to come off. So I did not panic. And it was, it was amazing. So for that month, we, we kind of, you know, ate really not good things. And, and uh, both of us gained a bit of weight again. I should add that my wife started intermittent fasting. I was waiting for that because you talked about Donna was doing their calories in, calories out. And I'm like, I wonder how long she kept doing that. Yeah, so How long did it take before she joined you? First of December of 2020. Okay, so it didn't take no, long. No, it didn't take long. She was like, I want what Deb's got. Well, she was, she was watching <laughs> and she had uh, gone to visit some friends. She'd taken a trip out to the, the western part of the country to do a photography thing because she's a, a photographer as a hobby and she's very talented, I might add. Anyway, she was visiting some old friends and they had done intermittent fasting. So she had a conversation with them, which reinforced what I had been saying. So when she came back, she was like, well, I think I'm, I'm going to do this. So December 1st, 2020, she started it as well. And she's probably eight six-ish too, but she's also not really rigid in the time. It'll be whatever it is, but it's usually at least 18. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. 
because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. It helps so much to have you both doing it, doesn't it? It's amazing, yeah. And she's probably, well, she's lost a significant amount of weight. I don't know. She probably, I don't know if I, I didn't ask her if I could say how much. So I'm not going to, but she's, okay. she's she looks great. And she's at a yeah. weight that she never, ever thought she would ever get to in her entire wow. life. I love that. Yeah. And she feels amazing. So that's the important part. And she plays soccer and she plays badminton and she's busy too. So, and we both kayak. So I'm really looking forward oh, to this. Oh, I love kayak. Yeah. We got new boats last fall. I ordered them. They'll be here in April. So I'm super excited about that. Well, I need tips on how to pick a paddle. Cause you know, I go to the beach all the time and, um, you can rent kayaks. I don't want to haul a kayak around. I don't have the right kind of car for that. So I don't mind renting a kayak, but I want my own paddle. Do you have any paddle tips? Yeah, get a carbon fiber paddle. Super light. Carbon fiber. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super light. <laughs> the the paddle that I got with the rental, I, I, I don't know. I didn't really know much about which one to pick. I picked one that was weird and you couldn't like do anything with it. And I was like, this is really terrible. So I need my own. Yeah. Anyway. And if you feather them, so you have one one kind of going straight and one is flat. So when you paddle, they both cut the water. This one, you couldn't adjust it. It was stuck in a position that was awkward for me and it couldn't anyway. So you, you need to have a light paddle and something that feels comfortable. So my paddle I, I have had for a number of years, I did a big kayak race in the Yukon and it's super light paddle. So yeah. Well, I knew that that would make a difference. Like I could just tell. I was like, you know, this feels really awkward and I hate it, but it's the wrong paddle. I need a different paddle. So I'm just going to carry my paddle around yeah. when I rent well, a kayak. Well, there you go. So that's what you need to do. And my own life jacket because I don't like those funky smelling life jackets. Yeah, you want your own. Yeah, it's like wearing <laughs> yeah. somebody else's coat. You want to have your that's own. That's how – and it was like in this like drippy kind of liquid. I'm like, I don't know. I, but I put it on because you had to. So I'm like – so my, my – before spring, we're recording this in February, by the time spring comes, I'm going – by the time this podcast comes out, I'm going to have a kayak paddle and a life jacket, and I'm going to be kayaking. So you'll you'll know that's true. I don't anyway. know when spring's coming here. We have a mountain of snow, so – Well, that's true. Yeah, like a mountain. <laughs> Anyway, so Donna did intermittent fasting and we both do it together. So, and the wonderful thing about it is both of us gained weight when we were posted last summer. And as soon as we got our furniture and got into the house and started eating our normal way again, it all came back off and we felt great. And then Christmas happened this year which is lovely. I love Christmas and I love all the food. And I didn't lose anything. I probably gained a little bit, but I didn't panic about it again. Just it's, it's like, why don't we just get back to our normal way of eating? And both of us have taken it off. I, you know, I don't weigh. I don't weigh. But I always can tell my weight goes up over the holidays, starting with, with 
Thanksgiving. You know, our, our Thanksgiving's later than your Thanksgiving. Ours is the fourth Thursday of November. But starting then, all the way through the holiday season, I eat foods I don't normally eat. They're richer foods, more sweets. It's a food free-for-all. It, well, yeah. I, you know, I know, and every year my honesty pants get tighter, and then January rolls around. And it's not like the, oh, it's January, I need to get on a diet. It's like you're actually glad exactly. to get back to normal. I'm like, I am so glad. Like, Will, I'd made a couple of, of really delicious pumpkin pies. We'd had some eggnog, and it was delicious. And Will said, could you make some more eggnog? And I'm like, no, I am tired of it. I'm not making any more. I'm just going to drink some water. <laughs> But you know, it, it's not doesn't feel punishing. It just feels like, whoo! It's like a relief. It is. It is. It's like, oh, you're not walking around with this like food baby all the time, right? Exactly. But there's no panic. You just know that you know. I've been through enough Christmases that I know after January, I feel better. I tighten up my window. I eat more vegetables, less pie, no more eggnog, and then I feel like myself again. Yeah, and it's funny. It's that feeling like yourself again, and I think it's because those foods that you eat probably cause some level of inflammation in your body as well. And because they're, well, for me, I know that they're much higher in sugar than I normally eat. And those things cause inflammation in my body. So one of the things that was really kind of cool about intermittent fasting, and I talked about, you know, eating paleo and being sad because I'd never eat bread again. One of the days that Donna and I were in this, this house that had no furniture, we'd gone to the grocery store and we bought a baguette and bought some balsamic vinegar and olive oil and we we just ate that and didn't oh, feel that sounds any amazing. Guilt at all love it it was just, it was <laughs> delicious and that's what we ate that day we had other things too but but we didn't feel guilty neither of us and it was and it's, just it's pleasure uh, i mean thousands of for thousands of years people have been dipping a baguette in olive oil and Anyway, yes. it's worth worth it. Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. But that was the lovely thing. And that's the thing I love about IF is I don't ever have any guilt. So the whole toxic relationship that I had with food is gone. And I don't ever think, oh, I have to get back on the wagon tomorrow because there is no wagon to get back on. It's like I made a planned indulgence. Right. I had a planned, right. a planned indulgence. indulgence. Yes. Yep. And then, so my planned indulgence is today, and then tomorrow, I'm just going to eat my normal way again. Okay, right. Back. Instead of using the words cheat day, that's the, the that's the wording that makes me cringe. I was just at an event about an hour away from town, and I, it was over at night, and I didn't want to drive home through the country road, so they put me up in the hotel where we had the event. And I was checking in at the front desk, and she was telling me about the beautiful breakfast that they have made to order every day. And you know, she knew I was an intermittent faster. I'm like, well, I might just, and it was included. I'm like, I might just open my window with that breakfast in the morning then, because that sounds really amazing. And she's like, oh, are you going to have a cheat day? I'm like, no. <laughs> there is no, no such thing as a cheat day. Yeah. I will say I felt draggy and miserable and starving by about 11. Like I had the breakfast at like, I don't know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock, whenever that was. But then I was driving home and like at 11 o'clock when I got home, I was like, I am so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that happens. <laughs> yeah. If I had not eaten that breakfast, I would not have been hungry. I would have been just fine. So <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. And I, I just love IF because – if I eat my normal way, I feel great. Like I feel great. And people think, oh, you're starving yourself. It's like, I'm not starving myself. And there have been people I've bought the book for people. I've given the book to people. And 
friends of mine have done IF and they've been successful and uh, where I work now there's a couple of the the uh, my colleagues that are doing IF and and they feel great because they kind of talked about it when I first started there last summer and I was like oh I do IF I do IF and they're like oh really what's your window it's like oh I don't know it's like 1925 something oh how long have you been doing it oh almost a year and they were like what because I you know I it's 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 not a diet it's a way of life and it is the way that we eat now and I feel no deprivation at all I feel amazing so I'm super happy thank you thank you thank you for writing delay don't deny I truly actually feel like you saved my life and well you probably saved like umpteen hundreds of other people who have discovered the book are thousands and thousands of other people, right? It's just... Well, you know, I didn't invent anything no, new. I didn't invent it intermittent fasting. But you put it in a fasting, way that we could understand exactly. it. That, you know, I'm a teacher. That's my gift. And, you know, sometimes people criticize or write a really terrible review. They're like, she's just not even a scientist. <laughs> Why would you read her book? I'm like, well, I'm not. That's true. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm a teacher. I'm also not a, you know, historian, but I could teach you history. And I'm not a mathematician, but I could teach you math. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so. great. But the, the book was amazing. And then I bought Feast Without Fear and Fast Feast Repeat. And I was reading Cleanish about that. And I've given that to people. And it, it's just quite well, amazing. Thank you. So so, yeah. Well, you know, it's all about, you know, helping people to understand it's doable. And, you know, there's a lot of science behind it. You know, I just had Mark Matson on the podcast recently by the time this comes out. And and he just wrote a book about intermittent fasting as well. It came out February, the beginning of February of this year. It's really, really sciencey. And so it's not the one you're going to hand to your friend who's <laughs> just starting out, unless they're like a doctor, in which case you would hand it to them. Yeah. And, and actually, some yeah. of the doctors that I work with, they're quite intrigued by it. So, yeah, it's a truly, truly a healthy thing to do for your body. It is. And, you know, reading Mark Matson's book, by the way, I would recommend it to anyone who's already an intermittent faster and wants to know more about the science. If you're not really into the science, you're going to be like, well, this is way too over my head. But for the doctors, the medical professionals, anyone like Chad, my husband, who has that science mind, he has not ever read Fast Feast Repeat. <laughs> but he saw this one. He's like, I want to read that one. Like he wanted to read Mark Matson's book. So I'm like, all right, you can, yeah, because yeah. it really appeals. If you, if you like reading like science journal kind of stuff, it's you know the kind of book for you. So, but it's wonderful to have that science there. So you you need to check it out as a nurse. I bet you would really enjoy it because he really talks about the health benefits of intermittent fasting. because you know, that's his background. He's been doing intermittent fasting since the 80s. Oh wow. Well, I found the obesity code absolutely amazing. And one of the things that I just wanted to mention really quickly is a friend of mine is, uh, she is a diabetic educator. So she's a, she, she's a nurse who educates diabetics and she got, had the opportunity to get a couple of sensors for free to try not on any of her patients. So, and I had talked to her about intermittent fasting. She was like, I'm not sure how that works. So she put one on, I put one on, and then we hooked it up. So she could The see, CGM. Yeah. So yeah. she watched my numbers and it was so interesting for, it was only 10 days that it lasted, but the data was so interesting. It was fascinating. And she would text me and say, oh, you just ate something because my sugar would go up and it would be have been stable like for hours and hours and hours. 
See, that's the part that's amazing because people think that you know, people who have not tried intermittent fasting, maybe they think they're hypoglycemic. Maybe they are based on what they're eating, you know, because I know my blood sugar will crash if I eat. You know, it always did. When I was a kid, I knew if I ate sugar, my blood sugar would crash. As a small child, I was like, this food is not making me feel good. I knew that. That's just how my body responds to a big sugar hit, right? But with fasting... My blood sugar doesn't go up and down and crash. No, it's it just stays steady. Yeah. And with that during the CGM, fast. it was it was amazing how it just stayed rock solid. And it was interesting because if I did a high intensity workout in the morning, my blood sugar would go up. Right, because your body's releasing that glycogen yeah, from storage out, so to give energy, you some fuel. You yep, yep. Yeah. So it was just coming from inside your body. Yeah, not yeah. food. Anyway, it was really quite amazing. So yeah, anybody that can get their hands on those should. And I really look forward to the day when anybody can just walk in and get a CGM without a prescription. I mean, that we can buy thermometers. I mean, why can't we just buy CGMs? Honestly, that's what I think. I think we should all be able to get them. Because <laughs> think about what people could learn about their body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. We are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would say relax and let the magic happen. Just don't be anxious about it at all, that it will happen. And don't expect it to happen overnight because it's not going to. I mean, you're not at your, quote, goal Absolutely not. But I know I'll get there someday. But you're successful. You're here talking to me. You're a success story because it's like changed your mindset and your life and you're healthier and you feel better. Yeah, yeah. And you get to decide what your relationship with the scale is. I weigh every day now. I got a different scale and it syncs with my phone and I don't pay any attention to it anymore. I look at it once in a while and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, still doing okay. But you get to decide that relationship with the scale. If you want to weigh every day, weigh every day. If you don't want to weigh every day, don't weigh every day. If you want to throw your scale away, throw your scale away. But you get to decide. So that's the important thing in that there isn't anything, any such thing as a cheat day like we talked about, right? It's not a cheat day. You can decide you're going to have that piece of pie today, and that's okay. And you shouldn't feel bad about it. I love it. One of my favorite sayings is from Nelson Mandela, and the saying is, it always seems impossible until it's done. Absolutely. So mine's not done yet. I'm still working at it. but it's, You're it's, doing yeah, it, though. It's, it is it's done. Going it's done because it's your lifestyle. And so your body is going to do what it does, and you're going to just let it happen. And that's the beautiful thing. You know, people sometimes ask, how do I decide my goal weight? And I'm like, you don't. Your body does. Yeah, It'll be whatever it is. So I just pay attention to my body. If I eat something the day before that I know is going to make me hungry, I know the next day I got to open my window a little bit earlier, probably because I'll feel hungrier. But I know I've learned to listen to my body and what it needs. And for sure, the things that I thought it needed have changed over time. (laughs) Pizza doesn't work so well anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Deb, it has been a real pleasure to talk to you and tell Donna I said hello. And also congratulations to her for her success. Thank you so much, Jen, for having me. It's been really fun. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. 
I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.